Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hi, folks. Welcome to another episode of Film Study. This is Ken McCusick, and I'm here with Camp Notes for August 18th, 2023. So the Commanders practices, those joint practices are over. We still await the Commanders game on Monday night uh, down in Landover. But uh, in the meantime, Ravens back to their regular uh, shell pads today. Uh, participation is first Order business, of course. NFIs are still Mullen, Voorhees, Moore, and Tyus Bowser. Still no word on exactly when Tyus Bowser is going to be back, but the other three are expected to miss the season. Uh, in terms of missed practices, Huntley, Tyler Huntley still out. Laquan Treadwell still out. Morgan Moses, we think, got a vet day today. Pepe Williams uh, is still out with significant injury. Uh, Rock Yassin has not yet returned. Arthur Mollett has not yet returned, missing a big opportunity there. Jaquan Amos uh, is still out. And, of course, Marlon Humphrey, the new addition to that list, was uh, missing the last couple of practices now, uh, unfortunately. The, uh, we'll have a little bit, little bit more on that later when we talk about Harbaugh and his time at the podium. New arrival in camp today, Ronald Darby is wearing number 33. There was some confusion on the rosters because uh, Jordan Swan also listed as number 33. We're not sure if he was actually at practice. I only saw 133, and I think that was Darby uh, playing a little bit of cornerback uh, as a two, um, not as a one. Um, but uh, generally speaking, that's a, that's a positive thing to see him. They are inactive, so uh, uh, good to uh, see that. Hopefully we see some of them against the Commanders. And then uh, on uh, opening day, uh, if all goes well, Darby should be one of the starting quarterbacks for the, cornerbacks for the Baltimore Ravens. The other big news uh, as uh, practice was just starting, uh, Jadavian Clowney was in the building. Um, he didn't practice, but he did sign with the Ravens, so signing a lot of people had been advocating for. Uh, he'll Join the outside linebacker room, as uh, John Harbaugh said. Certainly brings a pass rush pedigree and a former number one overall draft pick. A little bit weird here, and this might be one of these things where the jersey number doesn't stick, so I'm not sure I'd buy a clowny jersey just yet. He's going to wear number 24 is the talk. So number 24 went from Marcus Peters the last several seasons to Jadavian Clowney this year, an odd kind of a turn of events obviously did not even know that was a legal number for a pass rusher to wear i know there are certain numbers which are only allowed at certain positions and specifically 50s 60s and 70s as ineligible receivers that you have to have um, along that offensive line and you have to you have to report eligible with that sort of a a number but i i guess there might not be a limit in terms of uh, what number you can wear if you're uh if you're a defensive end and and or an, an edge player of some sort, and uh, he is uh, walking a different path, so let's hope uh, um, he he does the number proud. 
back to very limited contact today. Uh, so no tackling. There were a couple people who went down during practice. Uh, nobody that I am aware of getting hurt badly, but um, people uh, getting knocked down on a run play and uh, a little bit of additional contact on, on some pass plays as well. But uh, this is back to a limited contact practice. Let's talk a little bit about the 11-on-11 and 7-on-7 action. There were highlights, offense and defense. I'm just going to include them together. I want this to be a relatively short show tonight uh, so I can get this out and uh, and you'll have it so we get to the what to look forward to on Washington against Washington show, which is coming up next. Um, the first-team offensive line, uh, Stanley, unexpected, but he's back. Simpson uh, at left guard. Linderbaum, Zeitler, and Falele. There was no Morgan Moses today who had a vet day off. Um, a couple of things about this. Uh, Simpson, John Simpson, definitely seems to have the lead now in the um, competition with Sala for that left guard spot. He outplayed him in the first game. I think if we're to look ahead and you were to look at what's an important thing to look for in the next game to see if, if Simpson's really got it, I think if he played very few snaps, like he played just a, a couple of series, uh, maybe only played with the starters, I think that would be a pretty clear indication he's got the job won. Um, if he and Salah alternate all the way to the end of the game, it's just the opposite. Then Harbaugh is trying to send a message that that left guard spot is not decided, and he wants those guys in there the whole time. So um, other possibilities are Simpson just plays you know, the first quarter and a half, and, and Salah takes over. If Salah plays a lot of snaps in this game, I think that would be quite a bad sign for him in terms of, uh, even though it would be good for him to get the additional live fire, it would be a bad sign in terms of his likelihood of getting the starting job. So uh, I think that's where we are on the offensive line right now. And uh, were I to wager a few quatlus on this particular proposition, I'd say that Simpson is the likely starter for the Ravens come opening day. We'll see how that plays out. Of course, we're all interested in kind of holding our breath for who the corners might be with the ones. And the three guys out there today were Stevens, Seymour, and Washington, the same three that started the last preseason game. Uh, it will be very interesting to see how they are dealt with in the next game. Uh, Kayvon Seymour has been in the league a number of years. He hasn't had a tremendous amount of live fire on the outside, but he's had enough that he probably doesn't need a lot more. Um Brandon Stevens, real tough question because the Ravens certifiably need him at outside corner to start the season. And yet on the other hand, he doesn't have a lot of experience there and it would be of real value for him to get some live fire snaps in the preseason. So maybe they keep him in a little longer. Maybe they bubble wrap him. Really don't know. It'll be one of the very interesting things to look for on Monday night um, in terms of how they, they look to play him. Ardarius Washington playing in the slot. I, I feel certain he'll start the game, and I think he's the likely starter for the first for the first regular season game at slot corner. But I think there's a question as to whether or not you leave him in for a long time in the Monday night game. So we addressed this in, in all three corner positions for a little bit longer on the uh, what to look for uh, versus the commanders episode that I hope you'll uh, take the time to download and listen to. In terms of other players and what they did today, Josh Johnson had uh, quite a fine connection with Tariq Black for most of the day. It included a, a, a very nice-looking nine-yard uh, back shoulder throw on the left side of the field that went for a touchdown. Uh, he was just one of the uh, of the stars. I, I talked the biggest other 
offensive star was probably Keaton Mitchell, who twice turned on the Jets to get to the edge as a runner, including once uh, by beating Trenton Simpson. So that actually was a really nice run. Good to see that burst out of him. And we didn't see quite as much from him as a receiver. He did have a drop during practice. So uh, it wasn't all positive news for him, but I think he's positioning himself well. I think he'll get a nice long look in this next preseason game. And it really comes down to him or Gordon or maybe him or no one in terms of who would be that fourth running back. So they've got an interesting set of decisions to make there on offense. And uh, I think they'll they'll, uh, they'll certainly take the time to give Keaton Mitchell a look uh, in this next preseason game. Number of defensive uh, stars, and I, I didn't mention Lamar Jackson. He had actually a very accurate day throwing the ball today. It uh, wasn't perfect. He did uh, have at least one interception, and there were uh, some other balls that were overthrown deep and whatnot. I'll talk a little bit about that when I get down to the seven-on-seven seven play because that's where uh, some of his good plays uh, came on the day, to be certain. On defense, uh, Michael Pierce had a pressure that flushed Lamar Jackson right out of the pocket for an incomplete. Um, that was a nice play by him. Justin Matabike had a pressure that forced Jackson to throw a very long incomplete pass to Flowers, about 35 yards down the left sideline. Uh, Stevens, in particular, had a very good day in coverage, particularly on longer throws. That's very nice to see, by the way. Uh, um, there's really – I don't know what could be more important for the Ravens right now than making sure Brandon Stevens is – looking good on the outside because it looks like he's going to be facing some number one receivers going into the season. So uh, definitely a, um, a very good look uh, in that first preseason game. And I thought he looked pretty good uh, today as well. Kelly Sanders had a sack of Anthony Brown. A ball was blown dead and uh, he was in there quickly. Nice, uh, nice play there. And I think he built, beat the right tackle, but I'm not sure if it was Falele or um, McCary playing over there at that time. And uh, I don't think it was, it was not sharp. So anyway, it could have, could have also been Cleveland. Um, that's another possibility, but anyway, uh, nice play for Kelly Sanders. And he's accumulated a few during camp and during that first preseason game looked pretty good. In terms of seven on seven, there was some of the really good action today was just in those seven on seven drills. Uh, and the highlight of the day, undoubtedly, was a 25-yard diving touchdown in the left corner of the end zone uh, by Bateman with Stevens and Washington nearby. Now, Stevens had a pretty good day in coverage. He was close on this play. Uh, Bateman really laid out for a ball. He's playing his first real action in non-individual drills today. He might have he might have done it yesterday, but but today was the first time I saw him there. And and uh, that catch in particular is a confidence builder. It looked really good and. Um, Harbaugh was asked that question. He, he, he was asked to say, how does it lift Stevens's confidence? But the real, the, the real thing he answered, the real question was, I'll tell you what, it lifts my confidence. And, uh, that's of course something we like to hear, but good, good catch for Bateman. It's got to feel good after being out for so long. Uh, Charlie Kolar dropped a short pass five yards, uh, between the numbers and the, and the right hash. Um, and that did not look so great. Had a great pass from Lamar, threading the needle with very good velocity to Andrews, who beat Patrick Queen for a 15-yard play. That was between the numbers and the left hash. And then just a few plays later, that same tandem beat Queen again for a 15-yard touchdown. Uh, it was right at the goal line between the hash and the right numbers. So 
uh, same kind of area on the field, mirror image anyway of each other, and uh, and Queen beaten both times uh, on the play. Daryl Worley picked up on some of the things he did in the first preseason game. He, he elevated to casually swat away a 20-yard pass intended for James Prochet down the left sideline. Uh, really nice play. Uh, Shamar Bridges made a nice play to snatch a ball that appeared to be headed for an interception by Caillou Kelly, but uh, he literally reached his hands out quick as you can be outside the frame, grabbed the ball, and took it away before Kelly could do anything about it. So uh, I don't know whether to say that's great for Shamar Bridges. We certainly would like to see some great cornerback play from Caillou Kelly. So uh, uh, that was maybe a little disappointing there that he couldn't at least uh, defense that pass. Lamar did throw, I think it was in the two-minute drill, a late play interception to Kyle Hamilton in the end zone, kind of right underneath the uprights. Almost looked like the play had been blown dead or or people had stopped trying or something because – uh, the ball was out, and um, uh, nobody really on the whole field was moving, and it was it was just an easy interception in the middle of the end zone by uh, by Hamilton. So hopefully that's the kind of thing that wouldn't happen in a in a game situation. But uh, good for Hamilton for being there at the right place. Kayvon Seymour had the day's other interception. It was in seven on seven near the right sideline, maybe about 10, 15 yards down the field. It wasn't it wasn't particularly far uh, down, but uh, always nice to see. A guy who can, you know, swivel and and get his head on the football uh, pretty quickly. I know JAD was back at practice today. I didn't really see him on the field for either seven on sevens or eleven on elevens. Doesn't mean he wasn't there, but he might have been in just individual drills today. Isaiah likely was the other one who who fits into that category. Artarius Washington had a pass defense of Anthony Brown while covering Sean Ryan. Um, Ryan, of course, had a big preseason game, including a fair amount of yak. Uh, looked pretty good doing it. And uh, Washington making a play like that is always good. You need to get him to get his hands on as many footballs as possible. Uh, I've said on this show, he kind of reminds me of Corey Ivey in terms of his height and his, uh, uh, in some ways, I think his demeanor in terms of his, his tenacity. Um, and so I'm hoping that that uh, Washington uh, brings some of that uh, same thing. If you can get the more times he can, he can, uh, see the ball in the air, the more times he can read the quarterback and get in the lane, the more he can overcome some of his speed deficiencies to play the position. Uh, our Darius Washington, of course, dropped out of the draft entirely after being fairly highly thought after. Um, and then he ran a 462.40. And that will do it a lot of times. And uh, uh, he was not good enough to overcome that, became a priority free agent of the Ravens, who gave most of their UDFA money to him a couple of years ago. And uh, uh, he has not gotten on the field much in the time since. And so the, the real hope is that the payoff will come this year because the Ravens need a slot corner. Ardarius is the last man standing. If you look at the other three, Stevens has moved to the outside. That's where they need him. Pepe Williams is on a injury that will probably keep him out at least half a season. It, it, my guess from reading the tea leaves here. And then Arthur Mullet, who was in camp earlier and actually made some nice plays on the ball, um, hasn't been back uh, and healthy in now more than two weeks. So that's uh, a shame. And it looks like our Darius Washington um, has made good on this uh, opportunity. And uh, hopefully he continues to play well. And we'll again, we'll see how long he plays in that next preseason game. Uh, Jackson overthrew Flowers 40 yards down the left sideline with Stevens in tight coverage. That's the high, last highlight I have mentioned, but I did want to make sure I got that one in because Stevens, although he gave up 
or was nearby in terms of the touchdown abatement, uh, had a very nice day in coverage, generally speaking, against the, uh, the receivers he faced. In terms of interviews, kind of a weird day. Uh, I just give you a little bit of story about camp. And- Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. And, and what this is like. So about 30 minutes before practice ends, they call for all the kids between, I think it's ages 6 and 14, to line up for autographs. And I don't think all those kids get autographs, but they're in position and then they, they scream and they yell at the players at the top of the lungs. And of course, the place they do that is right over where the interviews are. And you can't even hear the questions from the other reporters. You can you really can't even hear um, what the um, interviewees are saying. So what Harbaugh or Greg Lewis, Greg Williams, Patrick Ricard, were the guys today are, are, are saying we we just kind of have to do our best to understand it. Occasionally there's a break in the screaming somebody's name and asking for his autograph as he, as he you know, starts to walk away from the group um, and, and you get a chance to hear things, but, uh, but it is definitely a difficult thing and something that Ravens could, could improve upon for sure. So we'll talk about Harbaugh first. Uh, he, and, and again, if you want to check any of my hearing, I will not take offense. Please go out to the Ravens website, listen to these interviews. And as I've said, I'm trying to capture some of the nuance here going on. I will generally paraphrase people and I, and I encourage anyone to actually listen to these interviews and, and uh, hear what was said. So Harbaugh uh, mentioned that there is a timeline for Humphrey to return, but he's not going to tell us what it is. No surprise there. He used the word pretty early or the phrase pretty early in the season is when he'll be back. Uh, he said he mentioned that Humphrey could have played on it, but the risk would be it would get worse. And he supports Humphrey's decision to get the surgery. Now, this is interesting because it kind of reminds me of the language he used with Bateman last year, where Bateman maybe could have played on his Liz Frank strain, which had not become the tear or whatever it became at at, at the later point. point. And um he said he supported Bateman in the decision to get the surgery early. Um, there was a little, I think there was between the lines, there was some hope that Bateman would play through the injury last year. And uh, I, I, in, maybe in some sense, it's fortunate that he's, that he's back now on the field and making a big, making a big catch today. But, uh, but with Humphrey still thinks he still thinks he still says he'll, he'll be back pretty early in the season. Talked a little bit about Jadavian Clowney joining the outside linebacker room. Said he's a guy they'd like to have out there on third down. Um, did not really mention Clowney's run-stopping ability that he might be out there the way JPP was, say, last year on early downs to both provide some pass rush and also uh, a little bit of run defense. So uh, he mentioned primarily you know, effectively being a situational pass rusher, which the Ravens do seem to have a lot of already in terms of a Jabo. Antavius Robinson. Um, if you listen to the uh, what to look for in the Commanders game, uh, Frazier uh, made the point that he thought um, one of the things they're getting from is Clowney, and it in part is a reaction 
to the poor edge setting of Ajabo and Tavius Robinson in that first preseason game. I think that's a reasonable point. Um, it's not necessarily right on the money. I, I, I kind of think Clowney is another rush linebacker, but he's been used as a, a effectively a, a defensive end in Cleveland uh, where uh, he and Miles Garrett have a side, and neither one of those is really asked to cover much. So I, I don't think that's where they're looking for from Clowney, and maybe they feel like they – they don't need as much flexibility if they have Jadavian uh, as one of their pass rushers. He did say Darby should play some in the preseason. I think I have that right. He was talking about Darby and not Clowney, but once again, difficult to hear there. Uh, Darby practiced today. He was in some 11 on 11 drills. He was in some seven on seven, but uh, he did not um, play with the first team in 11 on 11s. So I do expect he'll be he'll be out there. He'll be getting real preseason reps in this next game along with some other guys that we certainly hope see some time. You know, Caillou Kelly really needs to to make his mark in terms of uh of, of what he's got and JAD really needs to be out there. He's missed basically every live fire opportunity he's ever been presented with by either injury or ineffectiveness. So he needs to get out there and and, and show what he can do. Move on to Greg Lewis in just a second. All right, Greg Lewis, the wide receivers coach. Um, I talked so, talked a little bit about got a good question about what do you tell the wide receivers competing at the end of the roster? And he said, after some other things about you know telling about you know where they are now and you know now what are you going to do with it kind of thing. He he talked about telling his own story about being the bottom of the roster with the Eagles and the 16th wide receiver. I don't know if that could possibly be true, but um, you know, that he overcame that and, uh, and got to play in the league some. So uh, Greg is a, um, he's good at the podium. I can see why he would be relate very well to wide receivers in the room. And uh, especially those who don't come necessarily with the pedigree, uh, also because he's got a reputation from, from working with the chiefs, he certainly, uh, would be someone who, who would carry some gravitas in terms of being able to improve any player. And it makes it that much better when Odell Beckham will listen to you and really wants to be coached. Um, he talked about OBJ a little bit and he progressed physically as have all the receivers. That's just normal for anyone to progress physically from, you know, when they first show up at OTAs to this point now where the season is, is coming up soon is good about not putting receivers ahead of each other. He said he, he was asked a question about Zay flowers getting better at something, or maybe the question was what can Zay flowers get better at? And he said, he wants all receivers to be better at all aspects of the game, catching yak route running were three things you mentioned. He might've mentioned more, but those were, those were three. And so that's a kind of a good coach speak answer to that question. You're, you're not um, picking out one player that you really love for reasons, A, B, C, and D and, and saying, I wish all my other receivers could be like him. Uh, that can get annoying to the other receivers, but uh, I thought Greg Lewis does a good job uh, at the podium with that. His partner, Greg Williams was up next. Now, uh, Greg, and I, I, I believe Greg is the assistant receivers coach. I don't know if the, if the titles actually work out this way, but I believe Greg reports, Greg Williams reports to Greg Lewis. Uh, Greg Williams, I've mentioned many times, I have a great deal of respect for him as a very technical wide receiving coach. Um, it really seems to teach deceleration uh, very well in terms of how you decelerate both to make a double move and to 
break off a route. And you know, a lot of scouts will call it sitting in the chair is something you need to do to help decelerate. But if you watch him, he pantomimes his way through it, um, you know, by getting low to decelerate. And that's something that, uh, that I think he preaches above, above a lot of other things in terms of, of making a break at the top of the stem. Uh, it seems like the OBJ and Lamar relationship question got asked on every single uh, podium speaker today, which I'm, I'm officially tired of hearing it. <laughs> and uh, he said that chemistry comes with reps with the two of them. So, you know, things may not be completely perfect right now. I'm sure they're not exactly where they want them to be in terms of, of getting the ball out there. Uh, the fact that these guys practice together is obviously a good sign. The fact that they practice with flowers is that much better a sign. The fact that there weren't other defenders there means you have to take some of the value of that connection a, with a grain of salt. And I think there's still things you can you can gain. If you want to play with a helmet and you want to learn how to take the ball over one shoulder or exactly what you're going to be looking at to track a football, I think that's valuable. I think it's valuable for Jackson to see how a receiver um, reacts to the ball going off either shoulder, how well he turns for the ball, how he can time up a trusted back shoulder throw. I think there are some things you can learn, but without defenders, and maybe this back shoulder throw even falls into that category, I think you need to be careful about what's going on because that that defender, not only does he create problems for the receiver, but he creates problems for the quarterback too, who wants nothing more than to avoid interceptions. Um, the Ravens do these 11 on zero drills where they have players in colored, all right, not players, coaches or interns in colored shirts lining up uh, against the 11 man team. And that's not really doing a whole lot for me. Uh, the ball gets zipped around. Every pass is open. Nobody's ever tried for an interception on a ball, even if they've been close and nobody really even tries to stay that close. They just kind of pantomime what the defense is doing at the beginning of their uh, sequence. And then they let the athletes go and the offense, you know, always seems to uh, get a completion and, uh, and take it in from there. So anyway, good, uh, uh, good to see Greg Williams out there. I was asked one other question was, uh, what advice does he have for Rashad Bateman? And that's the boiled down question that was longer than that. Um, he said, look forward. Don't worry about what might've been in these first uh, couple of years in the league. Uh, worry about this coming year. Uh, he's not exactly in a contract year, but he is in a year where the Ravens are going to have to decide at the end about his fifth year option. So from that sense, it's a contract year and and one where, um, you know, it's certainly going to determine a fair amount of his future career earnings at his chosen craft here. So he needs a big season. I certainly hope the Ravens get it from him because that's uh, he's one of the Ravens real opportunities to have a great wide receiver is Bateman. I think they're much likely to get much less likely to get that sort of a surprise out of OBJ. They may get it from Flowers as well, by the way. But if it were Flowers and Bateman were the top two receivers on this team, that would be what I'd want to sign up for because those are the guys who will be with the Ravens, hopefully in the long term. Patrick Ricard was the last interview. Uh, the first question they asked, was, so fullback going forward? From <laughs> and uh, he went to immediately, a guy's very practiced with interviews said, you know, it's just wherever the team needs me. I'll, I'll, you know, I've, I've lined up all over. I'm happy to play wherever I have the most value can create the most value for the team. You know, perfect answer to the interview question. Uh, and, uh, he did well. 
He did say he misses playing defense when asked which is the most fun. So he said he did miss that. He couldn't lie, but uh, but that was a good one. Um, then he was asked a little bit about the hip injury and the nature of that and recovery. And he talked a little bit about the evolution of it during the season last year, and he said the pain in his hip was similar to the other hip two years before. So he knew it was going to be a torn labrum, and he was focused on trying to get through the season with the um, the hip in the shape it was in. And my first reaction to that, I'm just shaking my head at how tough that sounds because we've had all kinds of players sit out for injuries. You know, I, Ben Powers sat out with turf toe. Uh, you know, you could point to Lamar in terms of last year and whether or not he could have played. I wouldn't do that. But, you know, there's, there's other, other players who've sat out with much less significant injuries, I would say. Um, you know, that the Ravens have maybe had, uh, hoped would not get surgery, but they've gotten it anyway. Um, Patrick Ricard manned through that very difficult pain and just gives every impression of being an extremely tough individual in doing so um, when he's up there. He asked him about the biggest difference in Monken's offense is spreading it out, the increased explosiveness. Didn't really talk too much about how that impacted him, but one of the things that came out of camp today, and it's really been true for a lot of it, is it hasn't been just Ricard lining up in the backfield. They've been lining up with other tight ends in the backfield as well. And I do question whether or not that means they might be thinking about cutting Ricard. Now, if they did so, I think the reason for it would be they just don't believe he's ready to give him the kind of quality of play that he's given in the past because of the injury. That that would have to be it because uh, the savings is not so great at $1.75 million. And at $1.75 million, they have to pay somebody else $750,000 at, at a bare minimum. So if, if it's Mason or if it's, uh, you know, Vokalek who they have in the roster in his place. Um, so the savings is really only about $1 million towards a cap. That's not nothing, but it's not necessarily enough that you give up a Pro Bowl fullback. So I'd have to think it would be based on a fear of reduced effectiveness that they would make such a cut. But anyway, great to hear Ricard at the stand. Uh, definitely knows how to how to handle an interview, and talking about his own injury was definitely the most interesting thing uh, that he did. That's going to do it for this uh, abbreviated episode of Camp Notes. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, if you're out there and you'd like to be on a film study short, there's always opportunities to do that. Hit me up with a DM on Twitter. They are always open. Uh, usually I just have a phone call with people. We talk about their idea for an episode. We maybe massage it, uh, beat it back and forth, play a little racquetball with it, and then uh, uh, hopefully get to a uh, an idea that will work. And usually we're recording very quickly from that point. Um, uh, but uh, I don't want, I don't need a whole lot, two or three bullet points on here's, here's what I had in mind for a show. Drop them to me in a, in a DM again, like I said, and I'll, I'll respond very quickly. Thanks again to everybody who's been listening. I will ask, uh, uh, folks, if you don't mind, we will ask for the next, a uh, couple of months, maybe once a week, if people will give us a review. We appreciate those reviews. There's a great set out there online. And it's also important that we keep getting recent reviews uh, for algorithm purposes. And so the more you can, uh, if, if you don't mind taking the time uh, to give an additional review, would really appreciate that. And uh, uh, there's multiple places you can do that in terms of the, the podcast apps. And any, any of them uh, are appreciated. 
Thanks again for listening, and we'll talk to you next time on Film Study. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.